Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, thanks for tuning into the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name is Donald Mann. Please do rate, review, and subscribe. And on YouTube, like and uh, subscribe to that platform as well. Joining me today, Katie Heindel. Hi, Katie. How are things? How's Hi. life? Hi. Good, good. Uh, feeling good. Life's good. Team's back in the city. Ready to go. Are you going to the game tonight? I am. I will be there. Does John Morant not being there, does that influence your excitement for this one? <laughs> uh, like, honestly, yeah, a little bit. I, I wanted to see Ja uh, do some crazy things. Um, but I really like that Grizzlies team to begin with bunch of young like high flying pretty fun fast dudes it's yeah. my kind of team i am excited to see the the delon brooks pascal siakam matchup because delon mm-hmm. he wasted no time getting in pascal's ear yelling out like he's he makes fun of pascal doing hey, hey that was a matter hey. of time i'm yeah. surprised it took so long for someone to jump on that yeah <laughs> pascal he's a uh, very vocal um, during mm-hmm. games. That's one thing I've, I've realized. I mean, we've known it for years, but this year, especially, it seems like he's, there's a lot more A's, a lot more, oh, or, oh my God, when he misses a, a chippy. I don't know if I've heard the oh my gods yet. Oh, they're there. <laughs> Trust me, when he misses some, some of the gimmies that he's missed, which I'm going to get into in a second here, but uh, yeah, he doesn't hold back the, oh my God. Yeah, that's uh <laughs> It's never good when you hear those because it's never it's never a good thing. He's not saying, oh, my God, as in a good thing that he's made a bucket that you couldn't believe he made. It's always that he missed something that uh, should have gone in. But that's OK. Today with Katie, we're going to go through uh, some of our hopes and dreams for the second quarter of the season, because the first quarter, uh, obviously, it had some ups and downs, mostly downs, uh, mostly injuries, uh, mostly some tough losses. But uh, the second quarter. Here we are. We're in December. Lots of home games. Christmas is on the way. So this is the season of dreaming, if you might you might say. So <laughs> um, to start off, Katie, why don't you get us going here? What is one of your hopes and dreams for the second quarter of the season? A healthy team. That's a good <laughs> a start. A healthy team that can uh, play all together for the first time this season, because that actually hasn't happened yet. So... That's probably my main hope uh, and dream. Yeah, same here. I think that's a good place to start. Obviously, wins would be another one, but uh, a healthy team, something we haven't really seen yet this year. Um, we were so excited to have Yuta Watanabe back, and it's still he's still ramping up his action, too. There's a bit of a minutes restriction still there, but mm-hmm. once that's gone, you have one bench piece who's going to be an integral to to the Raptors' success. And then OG, it seems like he's taken um, a bit of a turn for the worse, as uh, Nick said. He hit a bit of a wall and he's still very sore. Mm-hmm. Nothing ha- good happening there. And then Gary Trent Jr., I think, believe it's a calf strain. And those are things that just linger. So if you don't let that heal, it's just going to stay there. And then with Kim, we have no goddamn idea 
when he's going to be back. It's a, he has knee swelling and he's being ruled out of games earlier and earlier <laughs> as mm-hmm. we go on in the season. And mm-hmm. um, as we know, he's pretty important because the Raptors really don't have a legit center. Preston Chua is a center, but yeah, he's not, it doesn't have the size that Cam has. So lots of patchwork happening in the Raptors lineup. And the good part of that though, is that some players who may not get the opportunity like this uh, during the season are getting a chance to, to really show what they can do. You know, we're talking bench players, Malachi, Svi, the list goes on. So hopefully that can help them towards the end of the season, you know, when hopefully they're in a playoff position or they're in a hunt for um, one of the top spots in the, in the play in tournament. But for now, they just need some some wins. They need some healthy bodies, and uh, neither of those are happening at the moment. So that's a good start. Um, something that comes to mind for me is that I hope the Goran Dragic situation gets solidified sooner than later, as probably most of you know, is that he is no longer with the team, uh, citing personal reasons, although it seems more like that's just uh, code for things just aren't really going the way that Goran was initially hoping for, or the Raptors necessarily were hoping for. He's kind of fallen out of the rotation. He hasn't been in there for a little while and they're electing to go with Malachi Flynn or Delano, Delano Banton at point guard. And for him, he's a veteran, still very serviceable, still has definitely has a place in the NBA. It's just, it's a numbers thing. It's a matchmaker thing. And he doesn't really fit with what they're trying to do. And I just want to see that get solidified because um, they're, all, they're saying all the good things with the Raptors are saying that he's been a professional from the get-go. I mean, there's a quote that happened earlier on the season, but since then it really does seem like he's kind of accepted his role. He's been a good teammate. Um, so for his sake, for the Raptors sake, this is just kind of lingering there. Like he's in Slovenia now. So I guess mm-hmm. it's not really like he's not there, but it would be good if we just had a resolution. Cause I'd like to see him back in the NBA. He's too good. And let's just kind of move on from the Goran Dragic area era from the, for the Raptors. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I'll go back to my first point and just say wins were predicated on healthy, a healthy team. So for me, tied to dudes getting healthy, because I really do feel like that's one thing that's held them back from playing Mm -hmm. to their full potential. So the wins would hopefully go hand in hand with that. Um, On the drag situation, I'm not trying. I know we're doing hopes and dreams, so I'm not trying to like burst your (laughs) hopeful bubble. But I feel like... um, I'm actually going to take the position that I kind of believe Bobby Webster and Masai on this in that something else beyond his capacity has taken him away from the team. Yeah, there is obviously the fact that he fell out of the rotation too. Mm. But granted, like from what we heard from Dragic at the start of this season, um, not before the season started, which was its whole other thing, but when the season started and he – it was clear that he'd kind of bought into it and he was here and it seemed like he was working uh, really closely with Scotty Delano, like a lot of the younger yeah. guys. And then it seemed kind of abrupt that he just wasn't around anymore. I don't think that was just rotational uh, snags. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's maybe something up there, but I also, the, you know, the part where I didn't want to burst your bubble is I don't necessarily think this is going to get cleared up until, um, later on in the season yeah like probably yeah Deadline. like probably february yeah <laughs> kind of thing bio. yes i think yeah. that's probably when we're gonna see uh something happen with him but i do think that is what's gonna happen i thought that was gonna happen before any of this kind of started and whatever is or isn't going on with him uh, but i still think that's in the cards granted like it does suck because in terms of personnel you know like you've only got 11 there are only 11 guys available against boston 
in that game. And that also just shows like this lack of bodies and the nagging injuries are taking a toll. And now Dragic is gone. It just sucks that they're going to have another, they're going to be out one more person. Uh, I realize now I'm bringing this down from our hopes and our dreams. So I'm going to try and spin a silver lining to this uh, is that maybe with him gone, any kind of questions around rotations might be cleared up uh, for the remaining roster because he's just not there anymore. Sure. And uh, with him to be, again, hopeful and mm-hmm. and dreaming about the best possible outcomes, I, I do hope that it's actually a situation that I'm talking about because anything else, if there's a, some sort of family issue with a family member, mm-hmm. I, I don't want that. We don't need that. So that's your glass half full. But I hope uh, this is, in fact, that he's just kind of feeling like this, is, this isn't really working and that he wants to be with his family. It's a lot of time away. Like if he's a person who lives in Slovenia and you want to think that uh, being in America, um, you want to be getting, you know, uh, your bang for your buck, if you speak, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like you want to be playing minutes uh, steadily, steadily, and that's not really happening. So for him, I just hope that things work out. And uh, with him as well, like uh, Michael Grant had said, that he is likely to, to remain in Slovenia until the trade deadline or a buyout happens. So I guess he's not going to be back for a little while. Um, he's mm-hmm. going to be out there in, in Slovenia. So um, I hope he's all good. I hope his family's all good. And uh, it would be, this is an opportunity for a lot of Raptors now that he is uh, is no longer with the team, that there is a position for a backup point guard to emerge, Delano, Malachi, whoever it's going to be. It could be both of them. Um, the bench obviously has not been great. They're last in bench production at the moment with 24 points per game. So there's an opportunity there. And I hope someone kind of seizes it and, and rolls with it. Um, another thing that kind of goes to actually what I'm talking about is I would love to see Fred VanVleet get some rest because <laughs> my God, he is playing a lot of minutes, 38.9 or 38.2 rather at the moment. Um, OG and is second in the league. So you kind of see how, where things are going here is that they're not getting the steady protection production from, um, secondary sources and they need some help there because he's playing too many minutes. I love this quote that he said the other day is that I understand everyone, everyone is tired, right? I get it. Um, so, but I played um, a lot of minutes and I lead the league in minutes ran per game, which is uh, 2.96. It's like, so if I can get out there and play defense um, and focus, then probably other guys can, can do it too. And he was talking, he's not talking about scoring. He's just talking about the mental mm-hmm. focus needed to, mm-hmm. to, to win games in the NBA, especially with the Raptor system. And I hope that that gets resolved because he is too valuable. He's made such a big leap this season. And um, as we we know, you know, NBA season is very long. Bodies tend to deteriorate in some ways. You need rest. That's why, you know, load management has become a thing because you want to be in a good position um, physically, emotionally, mentally uh, before the playoffs. And I fear that this pace is a little bit too rampant for Fred. For anyone. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot. It is a lot. Um, but I think the way that Nurse is handling it now is that he wants Fred Van Vliet or Pascal Siakam, one or the other, to be in every lineup at any given time, you know, whether that's the bench or the starters or just some amalgamation of the two. Uh, so I don't necessarily see his been as tapering, but a silver lining and like a good thing to me is the fact that he's handling it. And I also think from a leadership perspective, he recognizes that he's got to be out there on the floor hustling and mm. like doing all the extra things that, that he needs to do, because that's how he's going to teach this very young team still. We can't lose sight of that, um, what they should be doing. I think with 
Dragic gone, some more room there, as you mentioned. There is an opportunity to seize. I hope Malachi Flynn jumps on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It would be a great opportunity for him. I've liked Delano's playmaking. I don't necessarily know that he can fit in that gap like 100%, but, you know, that's, it could be this, like, next man up mentality, which, again, because of personnel, I think is something the team's going to have to do anyway. People are going to have to contribute and do a little bit of everything, which mm-hmm. is, again – that's kind of the model of the team this season. So theoretically, it should work. Um, but I like that Fred is stepping up into this. You know, he's not complaining. He's saying like, yeah, I'm playing a lot of minutes. But he's not saying like it's too much. I think he knows what he signed up for this season. Um, yeah. And Fred, I will say like, touch wood, of course, uh, he's a pretty mm. healthy guy, you know, and I think he works a lot on his conditioning. Uh, I think he really did going into this season. So again, I think he's ready for it. But once Siakam gets his like gets more up to rhythm, I think, um, in in game rhythm, and you've got like some of the like Gary Trent's one Gary Trent Jr. is back. Um, when you've got hopefully Cam Birch back, Precious Achua back, when yeah. you've got your lineup looking more fully formed, things will naturally spread out, uh, and it won't all be on Fred VanVleet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. It seems like I mean the the defense. We'll get to that in a second, but obviously that's one of their the weakest points right now, especially for the Toronto Raptors. But um, offensively, you know, getting Pascal kind of doing more of that um, point forward that I mm-hmm. think Nick wants him to do, and I think Pascal wants to do it. They were rolling with a little bit with uh, Gary Trent and four bench players that seemed to have some legs. So I think there are ways that they're going to be able to find. Uh, rest for for Fred especially maybe in that first quarter like maybe it's an early substitution right maybe you play a little bit then you come back out to, to start the second quarter it's like little things like that obviously there's mm-hmm. still lots of game after the first quarter so maybe you kind of just bite the bullet a little bit they, they are one of the the worst first quarter teams in the NBA when it comes to the defensive rating which is something I also wanted to talk about um is that they're not starting games well um, that could also be maturity. Uh, the players that you have understanding how to start games and be a professional in the NBA. But it's little things like that that maybe the Raptors can find ways to get Fred a little bit more rest um, because that seems to be so damn crucial. And actually, I wanted to ask you about this. Is um, right now with their their defense, with their their bench, uh, it seems like they need to achieve a level of unagi. You know, unagi. Mm-hmm. A complete self awareness with what mm-hmm. with what is going on around you. <clears throat> where are you with that? Like uh, with their struggles, do you think it's more, is it more systematic or is it actually just like the amount of young players that they have and them understanding how to be a pro in the NBA and the level of mental focus needed to be successful? Yeah. I mean, I hope this isn't a surprise and I hate to bring it to the people that this might be a surprise I think for. It is, though. I think it is. But this is the team that the Raptors have. Like, this Mm. is what the Raptors look like this season. This is what they were always going to look like. There were going to be fits and starts. There were going to be stretches that looked super discombobulated. That's what the nature of having a roster that is predominantly young players who are getting their first opportunities in a lot of these roles uh, and responsibilities, like when they have to learn how to shoulder that, learn how to manage minutes, learn how to also just like get a lot of these plays under their belts. Like Nick Nurse is running. I don't know if every, like you've noticed, like Nick Nurse is just running the same plays over and over and over again. I don't think that's because he's run out of ideas. I think that to a degree that is like, it's so these guys can get it. And you yeah. see it eventually click. 
but it's going to take some time. So again, like this was always supposed to be a development year. I think any win is a bonus, um, but I don't know that. I think that you should set your expectations accordingly to the fact that, you know, this team wasn't going to be like a bounce. It wasn't going to be a bounce back season from last year in Tampa. I mean, frankly, to me, it is. Because it didn't take much to bounce back from last season because in Tampa. Because it was awful, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's a pretty low ceiling, you know? It's not that yeah. hard to, 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 like, surpass that. Um, but I think there's going to be a lot of growing pains, and there will continue to be. Like, the idea, for me, the idea is that everybody is healthy, and then it's a lot easier to go through these growing pains together. But now when you've got, you know, you mentioned, like, yeah, Fred has to shoulder a lot more than I'm sure he thought he was going to have to going into the season. Pascal will, too, once he's healthy again. I think once OG and Ananobi's back, he'll be doing the same thing. And then you've at least you've got three veterans kind of out there shaping things and, like, helping helping these guys figure it out. But um, to me, it's not shocking. I'm not uh, really upset or, like, dissuaded by it. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty natural, and I think the team's going to keep – doing this like this is what the the, like unfortunately the season is going to look like this i think continually (laughs) in some shape or form for the rest of the season they're going to figure something out and then they'll like mess something else up like that is just the nature that is just the nature of young teams it is um currently they are uh, they're a league worse when it comes to uh field goal percentage from zero to three feet away from the basket 73 (laughs) percent Wow. So that's rim protection. That's, uh, that's poor defensive rotating. That's, um, you know, kind of cutting corners with, with your defense. And that's the focus that we're talking about. Nick has kind of gotten to a point. It seems like where he is just rolling out anyone who's going from the bench, that's going to just provide consistent energy and focus. Mm -hmm. It's so much less now about who's going to be able to score like shot making with any player, with any team, it's going to come and go. But if you are locked in, from the moment that you step on the floor to the moment that you leave for that 15, 20 minutes. And we are talking about 15, 20 minutes because when the Raptors are healthy, their starters are going to play a lot of minutes, right? That's how, mm-hmm. that's how they're supposed to be. It's Gary. It's Pascal. It's OG. It's Fred. Those are going to, they're all going to play 35 plus. So we're talking 15, 20 minutes. When you are on the floor, can you be locked in? Can you be doing absolutely everything devoted to the defensive defensive system because they're going through this every single day like i think we're all kind of racking our brains to some degree about oh no it's about cutting corners here they're allowing a lot of corner threes yada 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 no it's just they're not locked in (laughs) they're not focused on the on the task and it is changing game by game because the teams you're facing are different game by game so somehow weaknesses here strengths here and so you're making constant adjustments and then understanding the foundation of the defense is going to help them get a better understanding of how they're going to be able to apply everything game by game and and now it's just things are happening so fast for them and it they need to get to a point where it's slowing down and right now it's still moving way too quickly Tonight's a good opportunity, too. They're facing the Memphis Grizzlies. They beat them last time. No John Morant, who is going to be up for a few weeks. Thankfully, it's only a few weeks because it got kind of scary there for a second. I was concerned it's going to be a lot longer. Mm-hmm. We don't we need John Morant mm-hmm. in, in the league, man. He's way too damn exciting. He is such a dynamic player. Regardless of that, though, um, this is a chance to kind of kind of put your stamp on a game and it's like small steps towards doing this uh, game by game minute by minute we saw it against the kings for a little while they were very vocal on the bench they were very excited they were locked in they were talking on defense and another thing that was so that was one of the hallmarks of those the peak raptors was championship that championship season and the season that followed is that their communication on defense they were on a string 
at all times. And it got to a point they didn't have to talk about it. They just knew. And Mm -hmm. right now there's just so much, yeah, they just lack awareness. They're, they're lacking that communication and talking more is another way of showing how focused you are right in the game. If you're talking on defense, like we're getting like high school stuff. Now I remember like my, my high school coach, he got us to go into an auditorium and just yell out communication plays to each other, you know, like, you know, back screen coming switch, stuff like that, because he just wanted us to know how loud you got to say it, how forcefully you got to say it, how quickly you got to say it. Because if you're too late on it, then Mm -hmm. obviously that's another way that a team's going to score on you. It was a funny moment actually, because I was, yeah, I mean, it was just a funny, funny Amit moment from way back in my, my youthful days. Um, (laughs) That was a good times. Anyway, (laughs) I would love to see them get to that point. Preston Sachu is another one um, who he's so important to their offense or to their defense but he's also one of the guilty culprits of some of their defensive rotations and missing plays and not closing out on shooters and not getting out to shooters it's that lack of uh it's not understanding where they got to be at the right time and not reading the moment is Mm -hmm. something that they're really struggling with and i hope that they can make some progress with that um in the in the coming quarter of the season you know i do know but again like like I hate to break it to you, like reads, this is all IQ, right? And this yeah. is all so like the, the the players who are good at this have the year over year IQ that just frankly, like even your second year player, like a precious Achua doesn't have because he didn't have that many reps in Miami mm-hmm. and his role is completely different. So a lot of this, they're going to get it and then it will seem like everything has clicked and then it, they will frustratingly go away. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, they're not going to be yeah. on a string this season. I'm very sorry to tell you. <laughs> it's not, not, not I don't think season. it's going to happen. No, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but I do have... I do have I know we're talking about defense, but I do have like an offensive hope because it, this is something Shoot. that's actually happening. Um, and it's Scotty taking and making more threes because even this was like two weeks ago, I think Nurse had talked about that was something he specifically wanted Scotty Barnes to work on was actually shooting more, like when the ball is in his hands to 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 not pass all the time, which is one, it's phenomenal that that's where Scotty Barnes' brain goes yeah. because it it shows that he is a very communicative player. We're talking about IQ earlier. I think he has that in spades. It obviously needs to be honed. But the fact that he wants to pass and he wants to communicate and he wants to kind of bring his team along is phenomenal for a rookie in his position. But it's also great to see him taking initiative and shooting more. Um, You know, it helps the spacing of the offense, which has obviously been a little sticky to be very polite uh, with the Raptors this season. So that's a good word for their offense, sticky. 
it gives uh it Lucky. gives other guys to like drive right and i, I think like yeah. all of this is generative of that energy that you're talking about that's maybe been a little bit touch and go for them so i mean like i think scotty barnes is a conduit an offensive conduit in this way um is a is a very good and very hopeful thing his uh his improvement on the offensive end has been one of the the best parts of the season so far and not just mm-hmm. the three point shooting because it has gotten much better but um i find that his uh his his knifing into the lane when he gets there um he's making better decisions in those moments and he kind of has his staples on the on the offensive end and mm-hmm. he kind of sticks to those he and this is one of the things that probably was very difficult for him to shoot to start shooting threes is that he's like, that's not really my game. And so he's so devoted. He knows what he can do. He knows what he can't do. And he's like, I know that I'm not a great three-point shooter, so I'm not going to necessarily do that moment by moment because it's not helping the team. Um, yes. But, but with him, um, I find there are some drives like in the past few games where you see him, like he's taking Sabonis one-on-one and he's getting into the lane and he's reading the space that's around him. He's his pace with the space that he has. It's a recognition that he has that is just wise beyond his years. He is so good at such an early age and him realizing that and him understanding how important it is that he takes these opportunities when they're in front of him because the Raptors between Pascal and Scotty and OG, there's always going to be some sort of a mismatch. And we saw that in the Pacers game is that they realized that, you know, the holiday boy, like he can't really guard Scotty. He's kind of short. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. and, and Pascal, like they were putting all their attention towards Pascal. Everyone's putting their attention towards Pascal right now. And so he doesn't have a lot of space. But who has space? It's Scotty. And they're putting him less on the along the, the block and in the dunker spot, and they're getting him out to the three-point line. So that's going to be one of the, the best parts about this season is seeing how their offense grows. I think he said the other day, it was after the game, he said that he's never taken nine threes in his life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe a high school game, but that's how long it's been. And if he's out there hitting open shots, it's going to make life so much easier for Pascal and OG and everyone. Like you just have the, the paints open now. And if they're able to kind of get dive into their driving game and get that head of steam towards the bucket, it's going to make them so much better on the offensive end. And it's one of the things that's kind of separating them right now. It's, it's the up and downs is, you know, if you have like a, a Al Horford or a Draymond Green, like they're going to double Pascal or do a soft double and there's not going to be any room. There's nowhere mm-hmm. for, for Pascal to go. He's either going to hit a mid-range shot or it's going to be heavily contested or he's going to kick it out to someone who may not make the shot. And that's kind of where we are. So the closer they can get to that four out, one in um, offense is going to make them, it's going to help their offense so much more, which is in turn, is going to help their defense too. Because as we've seen with any young team, if you're good on offense, you tend to have a little bit more focus on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think all of this also culminates in the fact that this is going to be Nurse's most challenging season to get uh, get creative mm-hmm. and get what he needs to out of these guys. Um, you know, not to say he's had it easy, like net last year was by no stretch of the imagination easy, but I think um, this is the most kind of incomplete roster he's ever had to work with. Yeah. Uh, and I would actually like to see him stand to get a little bit more creative. I think he could do it. And I sure. think that's what the team's ne- team needs now because, again, you know, Yes, there is a need of, for repetition with these guys so they can get it. And so, again, like a lot of this stuff can click. But you also have to keep it interesting because, like, they are younger dudes. You don't want them to get bored, right, of, like, running the same thing over and over and over. And, frankly, like, if it doesn't work, maybe there are other reasons for that, you know? Like, you can – sometimes you need to look at the players that you have and play to their strengths instead of 
asking them to kind of meet you over here where you're running this the stuff that Ooh. teams another what <laughs> i wonder what you're alluding to you're you're tiptoeing around <laughs> it let's get into the crux of this you're just like i think the te- i thought sometimes think that the team that Nick Nurse is running uh, a lot of these plays for, it doesn't exist anymore. And I think that's the same problem that a lot of Raptors fans are having when they watch and absorb and kind of take in and decide how they feel about this team. Um, Like even the way we talk about it, when you talk about like the team being on a string, that was several iterations of team ago. This isn't that team anymore. Mm -hmm. So I think to a degree, we gotta catch up and Nick Nurse has to as well. It's a fair point. Um, I mean, I mentioned the their rim protection from zero to three feet earlier, and it seems like, and we can get into this now actually, that they're playing a system that would cater to having a rim protector, which they don't mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like the scrambly defense, like the the, the benefits of that is that you kind of have you always have your your seven footer, Marcus Hall, Serge Ibaka, Jonas Valanciunas, how right? I want to actually want to ask you about Jonas Valanciunas later on, but um, they don't have that guy. And yeah. I mean, Ken Birch has been a bit in and out of the lineup. And um, also he had COVID at the beginning of the season. There was a, a bit of a ramp up for him as well, um, but he hasn't been around. And so he is their best rim protector. And, but even still, like he's not necessarily a quote unquote rim protector per se, because he doesn't have a size for it against certain, in certain matchups, he's going to struggle a little bit. So that does kind of call for perhaps a little bit more of a conservative system. That's not mm-hmm. so aggressive. And that way, if you stay at home a little bit more, your, your size can kind of overwhelm teams position by position. Um, I, I love seeing, you know, like he went to a, a big lineup um, against the Pacers and it was like Chris Boucher and it was Delano and it was Pascal. And you just saw the length. It was like, holy smokes, these guys are just so long everywhere. And if you're staying home a little bit more, you're relying on switching. And obviously teams are kind of reading this and they're making the Raptors pay. Um, mm-hmm. But you kind of just gamble with the fact that, you know, we they may have a quicker guard, but we have the bigger forward the longer forward. So let's just see how this plays out. That's a route that they could go, but that's obviously not the system that Nick wants to to roll with here. Yeah. Like you've got a long freaky team. Use them. Like play to those strengths. Yeah. Might be ugly sometimes, but again, that's part of it. The defensive rebound is pretty bad too, <laughs> which is another part of their scrambling. Their scrambling defense yeah. is that they're going to be well. They are the worst defensive rebounding team in the NBA. Again, Ken Burst not being there is a factor. OG Ananobi not being there is a factor. Chris Boucher now falling out of the rotation, and I'm not sure when he's going to get back there because there is it really isn't a lot of benefits to playing him. That's a factor. These are all factors with uh, with the team and their inability to rebound the rebound the ball defensively at a, at a steady rate. So it's an interesting question that you, you kind of tiptoed around. Then you brought up is, <laughs> is this the right system for this team at what the, and what they want to do on the defensive end? I'm not sure. I think we, like you mentioned, we have to see them at full strength and we'll have a better idea at that moment because having Pascal, I mean, it was like what three, four games that we had Pascal OG and, mm-hmm. uh, and Fred together. And even with that, I mean, we saw the struggles that Pascal was having on the defensive end it's improved, but he's still getting himself back to where he was on the defensive end. And that's being one of, uh, you know, the best help defenders, one of the most uh, creative defenders um, in, in terms of being able to, to guard multiple positions. Cause he's one of the few that can do that at a, at a really high clip. I'm not sure, Katie, I don't know. You mentioned being a, a great defensive team and, you know, 
having the whole team on on a string, it may not be achieved this year. I'm hopeful only because I think that when they are full strength and that as Asfi, who I really like, as Malachi, mm-hmm. as Delano Banton, um, when they're able to get just more time in the NBA, more experience, and this is the time to do it, right? They got so many damn injuries. These guys have to play. <laughs> he has no choice. Um, so these are valuable reps for them. And maybe that's going to help them, those players, reach the level of defense and focus that they need earlier on than perhaps uh, initially anticipated. Maybe. Fingers crossed, huh? Yeah, right. We're doing the hopes and dreams podcast, Katie. Yeah, and we keep forgetting and going down a dark, uh, dark rabbit hole, but this is hopes and dreams. (laughs) I mean, it's hard not to, but we're trying to be positive. We're trying. Again, are you a Christmas person? Do you love love Christmas? It's pretty good. Sure. I mean, I'm not like a... So I, no. I, no, I'm not like a, I'm not a Grinch. Um, I enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoy seeing people. I enjoy like this part of the winter before it gets very long. So yeah, mm-hmm. sure. I'm a Christmas person. I listen to a lot of Frank Sinatra around this time of the year. Yeah, it's great. It's I had to um, fight against, uh, like use my last shred of willpower not to get eggnog today because it's still too early. So there you go. If that doesn't make me a Christmas person, I don't know what does. I'm with Kevin Durant. He kind of touched touched on this a little while ago, and he said that I don't know why. No, he's like I don't know why people don't eat stuffing year round, and I find oh. that we don't because we're reserving it for Thanksgiving and Christmas and and so forth. Mm-hmm. And eggnog, it's not. I don't think it's available all year round. But yeah, the moment it does it's... become available. I think everyone should just be going out there and getting as many bottles of it to your heart's content. Don't let Christmas stop you. Don't let the day stop you. There's no day it's supposed to start. You just drink it. I mean, I'm going to wait till the first. That that was my general rule. More for uh, self-control and like not to go in totally unnecessarily on eggnog. It's like <laughs> it's just egg and sugar. It's not necessarily great for you. <laughs> I heard it's good with alcohol. I've heard <laughs> I've heard. I've heard that too. Um, anyways, uh, do you have any other hopes and dreams that you want hmm. to touch on? Hmm. I feel like I did and now I forget. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, man, my hopes and dreams are pretty, uh, I feel like they're pretty realistic at this point. My yeah. hopes and dreams are for um, are for people to be very a little more accepting and patient with this team. Mm -hmm. My only thing that I had remaining was we did touch on a little bit with, uh, with Pascal, but I'd like to Mm -hmm. see him kind of find his balance on the offensive end. Now, a lot of this has to do with the offense that's going around him, but um, I, I still see that he's struggling a little bit to figure out when he should drive, when he shouldn't reading Mm -hmm. situations, dealing with the attention that's around him. Um, It's not an easy thing to figure out. Because he, uh, there's a lot of attention towards him. Like it, it's nonstop. Um, his mid-range game is a bit hit and miss. His three-point shooting has gone um, down a couple of, uh, for the past few games, but he had a stretch where he was obviously a little more consistent. You know, him finding his groove, especially in the paint, and that is a little bit of him not being able to finish properly. That's him not having the space to to operate. He should be a better finisher around there. And I think um, as they're able to do more of this offense that I'm talking about, you know, Scotty, like his his jump as a three-point shooter has been so such a surprise. And I mean, we shouldn't be surprised because he said this was happening. He told us, you know, on draft day, he's like, I'm going to figure that out. And here yes. he is, he's figured <laughs> it out. So we got to give him, him, him credit. Um, but I would love to see where he is, where Pascal is, will be 
on the offensive end when OG is back with Scotty's, you know, new and improved three point shot, which is just going to prompt teams to have to cover him more heavily out there. And that's going to, by default, it's going to create space for Pascal. And I, mm-hmm. I do think that he is significantly improved compared to last season. And even last season, he improved from the bubble. Like he is a better player, but I just think that he's, he's conflicted in a lot of different ways on where his shot selection should be at what times. And he's still figuring it out. And, you know, the sooner that he's back to being the 23, maybe a 24, 25 point per game player, the better the Raptors are going to be. Even still, if, as Katie has outlined, they're going to be a team that's not defensively on a strength throughout the season. No, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. I think Nick has been really patient, though. I think even more so last season, he was very frustrated because I think that he had bigger aspirations for that team. Um, yes. But this yeah. year... If you if you want any you know solace, you can see that you know Nick is very patient right now. He's not getting as frustrated because he understands this is a development year. This is exactly what was going to happen. Um, and if anything, he just wants to see um, a different level of focus from a lot of their young players, which is something that they certainly control. You know, they can provide all the schemes, all the defense. As Fred has said too, he's like the coaching staff does a great job preparing us for every single game. We just have to execute. And mm-hmm. currently, that is not happening. Um, but I remain hopeful that it's going to happen this season and, um, you know, not, it's not going to be a next season thing. I think they're going to get there sooner. What the record's going to be at that stage. I don't know, but I think they're going to, I think they're going to make a, a big jump here just with their, their attention to detail, their focus, their Unagi, their Unagi is going to improve. I think it's going to happen this season. It just may be February when that happens. Did you watch JV's performance yesterday? Uh, I certainly saw the highlights, and I'm very, very happy for him. Man, I was a little bit worried, honestly, with JV going to New Orleans uh, just because the state of the Pelicans won and because he loved playing in Memphis uh, and I think was such a fit for that group. But I'm very happy for him. Man, all t- like career-high points uh, and career-high three-point shooting. Seven, and- yeah. He just looked like he he was flying around the court, half airplane out, hair slicked <laughs> back. He looked good. He looked great. He was talking about Serge after the game. I mean, like he's just yeah. I think Jonas is just he's impossible not to root for. Yeah. Um. And like actually seeing the bench reactions when he was going off like that was almost like not as good, but I think like neck and neck with how close. Because they were just thrilled. They were like a bit shocked, but like also thrilled for him. I remember back when he was a Raptor and I asked him, he had a a game where he hit like two threes or something like that. And I asked him about it and he was like, I mean, I, I, you know, in his voice, he's like, I, I shoot the threes in practice. Um, I think (laughs) I can make them. Sometimes they go in, sometimes they don't. And then Pascal was beside him. He's like, no, he can hit threes. Okay. He can do it. He's just, he doesn't shoot them in games, but and he made sure I heard these, like he can hit threes. Um, and he was doing it in the tail end of his time with the Raptors that he was mm-hmm. starting to shoot more threes. Um, also with the Pelicans, I mean, Zion hasn't returned yet. Um, I guess he's doing basketball activity now. And he's certainly got some a ways to go, it seems like, before he's able to return to basketball action. But they're going to need JV out there hitting threes because yeah. that's that was the concern that you're probably talking about. Is like It's going to be a very crowded paint. Um, Zion isn't a, a terrific three-point shooter. Then you got JV. It's like someone's got to be out in the paint or out in the perimeter to make sure there's space for everyone to to have their, their food to eat. And um, he has to be that guy. Actually, I saw a tweet from, from John Morant, and he, he tweeted, shoot that 
mother effer JV. He was very excited to see that he's doing this. So he's been so well liked everywhere he goes. Everyone loves him. And I love what he said about Serge after the game, saying that, you know, he's he's been one of his favorite teammates from back in the day. And like you know, him and Serge, like they got such a nice uh, got a great communication throughout their years. Everyone loves Serge too. every team, every person. I mean, maybe not uh, Marquis Chris or uh, Robin Lopez, but um, mm-hmm. all of JV's, all of Serge's teammates have loved him and all of JV's teammates loved him as well. He's still humble in every which way. People were calling him Dirk Valanciunas afterwards. He's like, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, like, <laughs> I just want to be Jonas Valanciunas. That's all I want to be. And I miss JV. I really do. I miss him Especially too. this season. Yeah, like perfect, a perfect under the radar player, I think, who obviously had his frustrating moments, but more often than not popped up and gave you what you needed when you needed it. Such like a good player to read the game uh, as it's unfolding. You know, I think a lot of credit when he's on the Raptors did go to like Lowry and DeRozan in the position of like being a leader on the floor um, and Marcus all after JV. Mm-hmm. But JV had that IQ too, you know, and I think like it goes to show now. I also think it shows it's a great example of how like if you're a big in this league, there's really no such thing as like a quote traditional big man anymore like you've got to pick up these other skills and it's not that you you have to or you're out it's also that fact that like jv didn't just as you said like he didn't just pick this up overnight this is something he's been working on for years now he's just in a he's in a position now where he gets to utilize it Mm. and to his credit yeah yeah for sure i think it's great it just it's like career longevity uh for him you know like it it just like makes him so much more adaptable um, and I think it's, I think it's perfect. I also really love that he waited <laughs> to unleash it. <laughs> what a nice surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. The adaptability is the thing that I wanted to touch on too, is, uh, is that to remain in our industry, specifically sports media in sports, like you have to be mm-hmm. willing to make adjustments along the way. And to his credit, I remember when he was on green room and uh, we asked him, like, do you kind of wish sometimes that you were born into um, the previous version of the NBA before you got in the NBA? He's like, and again, in his OG or his, his Valentino's voice, he's like, I mean, I can't do much about that. It is what it is. Would it have been <laughs> nice? Sure. Cause he would have just been, you know, the pile driver, big man, just going through people like Shaq did. Um, but he, He's adjusted along the way. He's made, he's adapted to the NBA and he's worked on this year by year. I don't think he shot too many threes in Memphis, mm-hmm. um, but he didn't really and, have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. But now he's being asked to um, with Zion, you know, slowly making his return. He's going to have to be out there uh, willing to hit a couple of catch and shoot threes too. That he came off a screen. It was a flex play and he came off a screen. He hit it from the 45. I was like, okay, now that, that is ridiculous. <laughs> it wasn't even a set shot. Oh man, that was that was fun. Some another hope and dream moment right there. Seeing JV, I always wanted to see him go off for threes in the game, and also they got the W. That's the other thing we didn't mention. Um, but they did yeah, win they the did. game. They did, and they needed yeah. it. So good for good for JV. Lucky for the pals. Lucky for the pals. All right, Katie, that was very fun. Um, thank you for joining me. Much appreciated. We'll, we're going to talk to you very soon. And hopefully, in this month where the Raptors are playing a lot of games at home, I'm sure you're going to be all at all of them. I hope you get to see a lot of W's because boy, do they need it. Thanks, man. I got to get, I got to see them start serving eggnog uh, as kosher. Let's see. Let's get it. You know, they do give alcohol to the media after games. Maybe it's going to be eggnog afterwards. I know that, but I don't think they're bringing eggnog out. We'll see. I'll get in touch. 
Talk to your people. Talk to your people. Make it happen. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.